You are welcome to the Nigerian Filmmaker, a podcast about Nigerian filmmakers, their films, and how we can build a diverse and functional industry. I'm your host, Selegot. On this episode, my guests are Precious Aswai and Oluwa Tosin Oyelegon. They directed different parts of the anthology feature, Something Special. We talk about being multidisciplinary filmmakers, working with low budgets, and release strategies. If you're a new listener, you're welcome and I hope you enjoy. I'm precious. On these different films, you've done a host of different crew roles from directing to writing to being the director of photography to editing to being the colorist. Um, I mean, it makes sense that you went to film school and I'm sure that you gained some of those skills at film school. Um, how is that working out for you? You know, knowing, knowing a bit about these different crew roles and being able to, you know, um, do them on set on your films. Okay. Um, let me start with, um, the old part about learning this in, of how I got to acquire this knowledge. Um, I didn't get them from film school. Okay. I got them. I got this knowledge online. Um, sadly, sadly, I didn't get them from film school. But I'm, I'm proud of the fact that myself, chosen as along with some of um, the friends that we have, we push ourselves to acquire the knowledge um, that we have in these different fields. Yeah. So um, starting out, the very first thing that I learned was editing. Okay. Um, and every single thing that I know about editing, every single thing I learned online. I still remember the, I still have the YouTube video, the YouTube videos rather, that I used to learn editing. And I'm doing that for so long as sort of like, you know, helped a lot because I think I have um, some level of skill in um, being um, able to know what shots leads to what shots and leads to what shots and how it emotionally connects um, when people watch it. So um, knowing this, so from editing, I think um, I moved to cinematography and then um, a couple of other stuffs. Writing was one of the last things that I jumped into. Um, I think it helped majorly because of my time doing video production. Mm. Because one thing with video production is you are more of a one-man crew most of the times. And even when people... So at that time, I was still starting out. Starting out and um, you don't find people wanting to pay you... 100k or 50k the kinds of job that i was getting was like 5k i remember mm. shooting a video production for 5k i don't even know how i was able to do that but i did it and i think it helped with experience of course yeah um so doing all of that i can't call somebody to come and join me to shoot for 5k how much will i pay this person how much mm. will i use for transportation what will I even get at the end of the day? Of course, the 5K was just to encourage me to keep doing this and maybe sort out whatever transportation that I had to sort out. So I I got pushed to learning all of these things because I can't really pay for them. As much, I love collaboration. And if, if I had the resources, I would prefer to give 
to have other people who are better in these other aspects of um, filmmaking to yeah. sort it out. But when you don't have the money to pay them, or when you don't have um, the um, um, the portfolio of someone to sort of like bring them into the project, you're left with sorting sorting all of these things out. Uh-huh. So. Uh, being able to learn these different skills and being able to um, put them together, sort of like I feel made it possible for us to make something special. Color grading, I remember when I was learning color grading online or color correction, color grading. Um, I I just knew that because when I was making videos, I don't color them, but I knew that, okay, this is something I need to add to what I'm able to do. I just really wanted to be able to make a film from start to finish. If I have to be the only one to make it. And yeah. I think it helped with directing as well because from the start, I had I, I separated myself from directing. I didn't want to like pursue it. Uh-huh. I wanted to pursue other aspects. Like I said, editing and then cinematography. Those are the major things that I was referring myself as back then. But um I think I think I had always known that I would end up being um, a director because all these skills that I kept on acquiring, I didn't just want to know one thing. I wanted to know these other areas because, again, I had to, because I didn't want to just sit back and not make film. I wanted to make film. And if I try to, um, if I if I don't learn these things, I wouldn't be able to make it. So um, it has really helped learning all of these things and putting all of that um, knowledge into filmmaking, into the making of something special. I think it has really been awesome. Graphics as well. I learned graphics back then, even before music and before filmmaking. And this is me using that skill as well in something special. So again, if I'm forced to a corner, I have no choice but to do all I can to make the film. Okay. Um, So what would you professionally call yourself like? Are you a director, writer, editor? If you had to, you know, select like maybe three of them that you focus on, like which which ones will you select? So for now, because um I wouldn't, I still feel I'm not strong enough in writing. Um, I still feel that I have a lot of a lot to learn and a lot to experience. For now, I would say directing and editing. Okay, Tosin. You, of course, directed, you were an assistant editor, you also the DOP. Um, for you, I'm guessing, rather than it being film school, when you were doing videography and all that, is that where you picked up on all these skills? Yes, sir. So, I think most of the time, you uh, when, um, uh, when you go to... I think the only the only major skill I picked up from film school is acting. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I went I went I went to I went to study film and television production. Every other thing was outside of um, film school. Yeah. You understand? So they you they, they had to be a lot of um, you know when you are doing too much you can sometimes you can you can't even learn you don't even get to learn everything. Huh. So I think that that's the that's the clause film school has. Maybe some things, maybe not all. So, um, so the skills we have to pick those skills up outside of film school, especially doing doing videography really helps a lot of us. Like it really helps because you you have to you just have to know how to do these things because if you don't, 
who is going to do it? Like clients won't pay for for um, as uh, maybe at the beginning, clients don't pay for you know large crew and all that. So you just have to know how to do it. Yeah, you earlier mentioned that you think you'll be a um, better producer. So what would you call yourself now? Well, for now, I'll say I'm uh, um, uh, director of cinematographer. Okay. I'm big. I'm big on cinematography too. So for now, say I'm director of cinematographer. Okay, nice. What is that one film or TV series for each of you? that you always go back to rewatch so it's, it could either be a series or a tv um or a movie for me for me most of this film most of most films um you know once once they feel their satisfaction i usually don't want to watch them more than twice mm. yeah because i because when i'm watching films like I can, I can get almost of the detail from the very first word because I pay attention. I, in fact, people know me at home. When I'm seeing a movie, you don't disturb me. Mm. Like I don't, I can't watch a movie with somebody that'll be asking me, ah, "What just happened there?" This, like, come on, I don't want to have to even explain to you because my brain is processing a lot at the moment. Mm. You understand because I'm a student of film, so my brain is processing processing a lot at the moment. So I don't want to have to. But if I'm going to talk about it, you're going to know that I, I paid attention to a lot of details for, for this film. So yeah, I really don't. I really don't have anything that you know, like um, I go back to watch and you know. But if I'm to pee, yeah. I don't know why this movie just keeps coming to my mind. Maybe it's the, maybe it's because it's the movie that made me want to make movies. Um, twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the movie for me. Maybe that's because that's the movie that made me want to make uh, other movies. Yeah, precious. Okay. Um. So, um, it wouldn't be. I wouldn't say just to rewatch. I think for me it is more of um movies that i would like to study um i have movies that um i really want to study because of how much i love them so i can't really pick one but um i think the three the the three top ones that i would that are definitely that i'm definitely like studying is um 12 angry men um Dolemite is my name, and um, there's the father. There's also Marine is back that bottom. So these are films that really, really connected to me, like really, really. And I would, um, so I saved them to really want to like study them and see what it did right. Study the acting, study the cinematography, study the shots, okay. study the lighting, study many parts of it so yeah so they are basically films that i would want to study i mean like two of those movies dolmite is my name and um marini's black bottom like i think they are a a similar type of movie in a way do you do you know why like those two made it to the list like is there something about those type of movies that appeal to you 
Okay, so let me start with Marini's black bottom because if it's between Dolemite's Menim and Marini's black bottom, I would put it at the top. So it, it has something, I think, I think I'm becoming a fan of films that are set majorly in one location. I think that is also the reason why 12 Angry Men was um, in my list as well. Mm. Marini's Black Bottom, of course, it, it wasn't entirely shot on one location, but a lot of things happened in one location. Mm. And I could see how a lot of that played with the tension with these characters and how they were moving from one um, character to another to another. While trying to record, um, by trying to do a recording. So a lot of things played out at that moment, leading up to the end, yeah. the acting, um, the sets, the heat. I think it, it felt so claustrophobic. I think I, I I am fond of pushing for the realism. I don't think I'm fan of films that are entirely fiction. I think I've noticed that about me. As much as it's fiction, uh. I think I enjoy it when films have a sense of realism. So a lot of these films that Ptolemites is my I think one thing that I love about it was um how I could relate with as a filmmaker basically I think it also sort of like encouraged me to sort of like push. Mm. because I I could see the limitations in these characters in making his film, and then he ended up making it. And, of course, the reactions that he was looking to get, he didn't get it, but it still ended up being so great for what it was. And so how he was able to, like, push to make the film, irrespective of all the difficulties and all the challenges. So I think as filmmakers, it's sort of like, as a filmmaker, it sort of, like, um, helps yeah. to encourage me as well. So yeah, these films, I try to study them um, for what they are and, you know, hopefully get some certain things that would make myself better in filmmaking as well. Okay. Um, let's talk about the casting for the three films. Um, how did you guys approach that? Uh, we did audition. Okay. So I think, I think, I think one of the things we also learned is... Uh, we also have to pay attention to what's casting. Uh. So we have to do auditions for the for each of the movies. Okay. Some of them went some of them were straightforward, some of them went sideways before we, you know, got to the to go with the person that eventually played the role. But um, we actually really paid attention to casting. For example, in Angel. Huh. Um, we had already casted someone else for the guy. Yeah. And during rehearsal, there was no chemistry between himself and the lady yeah. that played Blessing. There was no chemistry at all. In fact, the, the, the lady was feeling exhausted because huh. she was giving and the guy wasn't, you know, it wasn't matching our energy at all. It wasn't even wasn't really giving. And during the audition, he was one of the, you know, he performed uh, very well. So immediately we were leaving the location where we were doing the rehearsal. We were already like, guy, we're not going with this person. We have to look for another person. And, you know, that was it. And I would also like Precious to talk more on the casting too, because there are some other things we experienced 
doing uh, casting for you know some of the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean to add. So one, it, it was it was truly really challenging. I think. Um, and I would also say that we were really, really lucky with these people. Like Tosin mentioned regarding the case with um, Angel, um, it was it was it was a tough decision and a necessary one. Um, and I'm glad that we we decided with making sure that we had rehearsal before the shoot. So that whatever we need to collect, whatever that needs to be changed, yeah. we spent all of that during the rehearsal. Casting, we casted you. What we did, which made it really stressful. We didn't do like an open um, audition or sort of like yeah, we didn't do like an open audition. We uh. we went through Instagram, checked um, several monologues from. We used the hashtag monologues, Nollywood monologues all those hashtags up and sort of like checked different people's um, monologues, different actors. And when we see one that we um, we see that, okay, this person has the potential of playing this character, we reach out to the person, um, let them know what we're working on and ask if they're interested in doing an audition. Yeah. And then the next step is we send them an excerpt of the script and then they do it video then a video they do a self-tape and send over to us and then we decide whether or not they are going to whether or not we're going to work with them for uh. the role um yeah we would prefer that there is a better and easier way to go about it but i mean it worked in our favor the guys that we casted we feel really proud that we casted them and we believe that they did um they did really good jobs with um the roles that they played yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, I thought the casting was well done. Let's get into the business of filmmaking. So you guys are young filmmakers, indep- independent filmmakers. I saw that you guys had like a comprehensive team that worked on the films. Um, were these collaborators you got from film school? How did you put together that team? Considering, you know, budgetary constraints and all that. Um, so for the crew... Um they most of them were friends from film school i think that's one of the advantages that we had with going to film school mm. i mean if i didn't go there i wouldn't have met the amazing film soldier <laughs> i wouldn't have met Baju. i wouldn't have met some of the other people that um, we worked with on something special who were really amazing and i think because of the relationship we had with them they were able to or they were willing to come on board um, on something special without even being paid. And I keep mentioning the fact that we didn't pay them because I want them to understand that I that we owe them a lot. We owe these guys a lot, the crew members. Huh. Um, they did so much, so much for this um, film. And I, I, I wish we had the ability to pay them. Hmm. I wish we even had the ability to pay the crew more than what we did because they deserved more. So um, everyone involved was really supportive and that grace of having people who are really supportive with little to no amounts that we paid is not is not small. Hmm. So um yeah i'm really grateful for that and i can't wait for the day when we would really 
um, paid him back, to be honest. Yeah. Tustin, do you have anything to add? Yeah, of course. Um, everything Precious has said is that that, that, was, that, was, that was all happened. You know, a lot of these people came on board to support us. And we are really grateful for that because, I mean, we we paid attention to, you know, having, we, we have, we, I think, again, when we were picking, when we were reaching out to these people, it was more about, um, it was more about um, getting people who love what they do and want also want to support us with what we love doing. You understand? So yeah. it was more more about um, the passion. So we had a lot of people who are passionate about what they do on set. Okay. I mean, in a case where, you know, the monetary compensation you're giving people isn't much of an incentive, how do you um, motivate them, you know, keep them going I had that for Benjamin and Abigail. You guys shot over two days. You know, at some point, you know, basically people are showing up, but you need to kind of keep motivating them. How did you, how did you guys do that? Because again, you know, people have to want to be there and you have to do certain things to encourage them for this project. Like, what was that? I think, uh, let me, let me, I want this to come from me so that, uh, I want this to come from me because uh, first of all, I want to I want to thank our our, our, um, our co-producer and uh, production manager, Danny, uh, Precious's wife. Huh. You know, she she is a people's person. Yeah, yeah, you understand. And having somebody kind of that somebody like that plan your your production is always fun. In fact, the actors crew, the genuine lover. You understand, and having somebody like that is is just the best because she's always on point with everything, but their welfare and everything. Like she's a very considered person, and you know, imagine if they were they were, uh, for example, during um, uh, Angel, there was a particular snack she bought for the lady that played Blessing, huh. and she knew that this lady was going to like this snack a lot, and then she just bought it specially for her. So things like that keep people. It makes people happy. If you make people happy around you, they they will give you they will give you their best. Uh. And I can't even I can't even thank just I alone. Some of these people are also they are also very they are kind of people that are ready to put they are they are they are young and they are willing to give everything. Uh. And I also want to thank this lady uh, blessing to um, uh, Amanda, yeah. lady that played blessing. She had an she had an accident on set, oh. but she kept going. She had an accident on set, but she kept going. She was like, you know, let's just continue doing this, and she kept going. Nobody would notice. Nobody would even know. Yeah. So I really, I really like we we are just I would just say we are lucky with the kind of people around us. We're just lucky. So there's there's this love and uh, support around. So you know, I pass the mic over to Precious now. Hmm. Because you said everything, to be honest. I don't think there's anything I can add, really. You said everything. You know, moving on. I mean, you guys started this whole project as a short film, um, Benjamin and Abigail, and then it developed into a feature. So from the beginning, what did you, what was you guys' um, release strategy? What was your plan for the film? 
Yeah, I think we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of. Um, um, I, I think we had a conversation yesterday, and, uh, and we we're like, we're glad we had we had the conversation about distribution even before um, we made the film or we finished making the film. Yeah, and I think at first it was for us it was not about even making money from it. So two things: we wanted to make our first film. Yeah. And we didn't want to go to festival. Yeah. We wanted people, we wanted, we wanted to make film for people, like an audience of people who are not, um, who are not um, film geeks or whatever it is. Yeah. But we just wanted to make, we wanted to have the feeling of starting, the, the feeling of starting and finishing a, a film up to distribution mm. where you get, audience feel, feed, uh, feedback. You understand? We wanted that feeling. So it was more about that for us. And then, you know, it, it showed in the decisions we made about uh, about uh, distributing the film. Yeah. I think we already, we, we've been having the conversation about outdoor, outdoor screening for cinemas before we even made the film. Yeah, we've been having conversation about that because we knew that, um, we knew that cinemas wouldn't do well. Cinemas haven't been doing justice to drama for us in Nigeria. Yeah, we tried getting a deal, and uh, we went to the distributors, and uh, but we couldn't get a deal based on some, some certain, um, you know, limitations we had during production, like um, you know, not having known faces on the project and all that. So. Of course, most of them like the production quality, story, and all that. But you know, they were like marketing-wise, blah blah blah. They, they wouldn't be able to, you know. So we um, we went back to uh, our initial plan. Yeah, I think we we already had a conversation about doing outdoor screening. So I think we even did outdoor screening before because. We just wanted that feeling. We we didn't want to have to. We, we needed the control over this project. Mm. We needed a, a total control over it and how we wanted to. We we knew that we knew the sense of gratification we wanted to get from it. So the outdoor screening first of all gave us that sense of gratification. Like we were happy we did that outdoor screening mm. because we're getting street like the kind of feedback we got there. We 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 wouldn't have gotten it from maybe film festivals. In fact, our fear was that if we send this film to film festivals, will it even get to award categories? If it doesn't get to award categories, it will now be sent into ordinary reviews. And the kind of people we want to see this movie won't see the movie at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, because it has happened to us before. We've had the experience where we put our film in festival and then uh, it didn't get to award category and it was not worth it. Mm. So, and so far, we are happy about the decisions we made. Okay. All of this that we're doing with people being able to watch it now, we saw that the movie is not just there and we're just waiting aimlessly on what, else, um, what will happen with the film. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's anybody listening out there, we are definitely open. And, of course, like Tosin mentioned, um, the fact that the cast are... Um, the fact that the... Casts are not marketable is really sad, and I don't think it is. Um, 
I, I, I feel, I, I don't know if I should use the word fair on them and on filmmakers because um, it really limits them a lot and it limits filmmakers like us because talent should always be the main thing and the fact mm. that these people have been so are really hard working and they're putting a lot in making this and at the end of the day you're hearing distributors saying okay then the casts are not marketable because in fact from that feedback all i can hear is if they are not so much talented and they are marketable thumbs up that is really sad and i hope that i'm really hoping that um something special makes a difference to that um another thing i must comment is like um you know, some production companies don't have a website, but you guys were able to, you know, um, create this seamless solution that people can go to your website and watch the film. Um, how are you guys able to pull it off? Okay, so um, first of all, I would like to give a massive shout out to my brother, Emmanuel. Um, he really helped out. He's a web developer and he really helped out in making creating the website, um, Fufu Studios, and um, enabled us to be able to put the film on that platform for people to watch. Of course, that wasn't the initial plan. Mm. Like Tosin mentioned, from screening to hopefully, um, from outdoor, in fact, from distribution, we were hoping to get a distribution deal straight up. I mean, those are wishes and it didn't work out. And then we, let, we went to outdoor screening. And the hope was that even after the outdoor screening, we were going to hopefully, it would sort of like encourage distributors to take on this film, but sadly yeah. it didn't. And we had to think of a way to just enable people to see the film. Huh. Because like Tosin mentioned, the major thing was make this film and have the audience see it. And yeah, um, making being able to pull off Susu Studios with the help of my brother um, enabled us to put the film on the platform and have people you know watch it from now. But of course, again, like I said, we're open to distribution, so we're really hoping that it, it works out. Nice. Um. Yeah. Well done on that. So yeah. For the both of you, like, what are you guys working on at the moment? Precious, what are we working on? <laughs> I think we still had this conversation. We still had this conversation last night, and we're talking about um, making our next film. Like, we are, uh, we can't even wait to to do to do that. So there are different ideas, and it's just for us to, you know, settle for one. Hmm. So um, we are in conversation of making our next film and we are looking forward to having collaborating with other people and we are open to, you know, more and more collaborations and uh, doing it bigger and, and better than what we've done with something special. So, yeah, we are working on something. Okay. Um, yeah. We... And we are looking for money. So. <laughs> Any investor listening, we need money. That would really help us a lot to, um, and help in making um, the film that we are developing. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. What is that one thing you think as an industry we should focus on in order to, would I say, consolidate you know, the developments happening with the global acceptance of our stories? What's that one thing you think we still need work on as an industry? And um, precious storytelling. 
story. Mm. <laughs> That's uh, like I've been waiting to say. So since that. I was, <laughs> I, I feel if I had even spoken, we would have said that in sync storytelling. In sync, yeah. So storytelling. So back to pressure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is even not to say that Nollywood um, isn't doing a great job. They really are. I've seen some movies in Nollywood where I'm like. Wow, this is so well done. This is um really interesting, and the stories were actually really good. Um, for example, there's Living in Bondage. There is Vetted Life. I enjoyed watching Vetted Life. To mm. be honest, um, I enjoyed the relationship between the two main characters. So um, yeah, like Tusimethi mentioned, storytelling. I think um, if we focus more on these stories compared to other things and paying attention to how well these stories can work globally mm. right and how original they are to african culture i think it will help with um advancing us to the global audience but again yeah storytelling is always key always key yeah. above every other thing because when i hear people complain about any movie they are not they they forgive a lot of things but one thing they don't forgive is the story hmm. the plot so those are the things that i feel should take more um importance um compared to other things but of course not to say other areas should be neglected but i think storytelling should come first the story and then followed by the other aspects of production okay all right yeah, and then and, sorry let me just add this to it and then lastly the production quality too because product production quality is sound sound design production mm. quality uh, visual uh, the pr- 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 production design the like you know everything just has to come together to uh, production quality is also casting you know um, production quality is a lot of the process from the beginning to the end of the film and I, I i know and i feel like we need we really need to continue paying attention to this and i know that we don't have a lot of resources for this in nigeria yeah. and it's limiting for us you know there are not a lot of people who are really trained to do a lot of things sound production design a lot of these things there are not, not a lot of people well trained to to do them so we need we need more hands on deck. We need more professionalism from um, every aspect of filmmaking. Mm. And so even production uh, locations and all those things, we need more more access and resources to do these things better. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm saying this, it means we need a big, we need more investors in Hollywood. Though. We need, we really need more investors in Hollywood. Yeah. We can, we can deliver if we have, we have more you know. so what should they be investing is he investing in the movies or they sh- I, I feel like i feel like we are lacking in resources too hmm. physical resources so how infrastructure many, how many, how many yeah infrastructures how many post production studios do we have in nigeria how many hmm. <laughs> so these are the things how many post production studios do we have how many of these things can we have easy access to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would even also use this opportunity to commend um, every filmmaker who has done one film at all. Because speaking um, speaking of this whole finance thing, I, I I when I think of filmmaking, one thing I dislike the most is how um, money and resources can limit the story and idea that you have. Mm. Um, because imagine you have a story and then you have the money and the resources that you need to tell that story the way it is. I feel loopholes would be so limited, um, would be so limited. Um, the only limitations you would have is if the story is not good in the first place. Yeah. But if you have a really good story and you don't have the resources, you find yourself changing things on the go. If this is supposed to happen in the film, but then you don't have the resources to make that happen, you're changing it in the script because you wouldn't say, okay, because I don't have these resources, I'm going to wait five, ten years. What if you don't even have that much time to even wait? You really want to make this film. Whatever resources you have, you're just going to make it happen. Something special, for example, something special, for example, we had limitations, especially with finance as well. There are scenes where we would have loved to reshoot, mm. uh, right? And there are scenes where we would have loved to spend a lot of time on. We shouldn't be shooting that much number of pages in a script, even though it's, uh, most of them are like one scene. Yeah. Of course, one scene divided into different segments. They shouldn't be taking just one day. I remember having a conversation with one of the cast, um, the guy that played um, Benjamin Cheesy, and he, was, he spoke to me and he was like, he wish we had enough money to um, had, add one or two extra days to the shoot because that would have really helped. Yeah. But when you don't have money, you find yourself squeezing a lot of things. And I think that is a major challenge that many filmmakers face, not just in Hollywood, I think. I think it also happens in um, other places. But yeah, it's in, it happens a lot in Hollywood. And um, I, I hope it, it helps when we have investors who can help out in you know, making all these resources. Um, happen uh, of these resources available for filmmakers, especially young filmmakers as well, because I think their limitations are so much, even though um, they sort of like have the ability to tell better stories, but their limitations is just so much that they find themselves using whatever resources that they have. So, yeah, um, I really hope that changes. It is sad that money is a major factor, but. I mean, what can we do? We love this craft, we love filmmaking, and we are going to make it work um, as much as we can. And we don't plan on stopping um, storytelling. So we'll do the best that we can with what we have for now. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, how can people keep up with your works? Like, please share your personal handles, um, websites, and also for the studio. Um, so um, you can find me on Instagram at Precious Storyteller. Um, that's one word, one S, Precious Storyteller. And you can find me on Twitter at Story by Precious. Um, for Fruitful Studios, it is Fruitful Studios, one word, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I look forward to connecting with everybody. And for me, you can find me on Instagram at the Film Soldier on Instagram, and on Twitter, you can also find me uh, with um, the Film Soldier on Twitter. Okay. 
All right. Thanks, guys, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. you so much for having us. I appreciate it. We have come to the end of this episode. Remember to rate and review the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Selegal Film and the podcast at the Niger Film Pod to share your feedback. You can now support the podcast by visiting the website to donate. See you on the next episode. Have a good one.